Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh with another episode of the THD podcast. Uh, today we have a guest coming in from Latvia and they have a unique technology that focuses on the signal processing side of things. They play on the pro audio producer side of things, but uh, today's discussion we're going to try to focus on the consumer uh, and how they bring benefit to those type of products. So as always, we have our co-host calling in from Sendai, Japan. Simon, how are things over there today? Uh, very well, thanks, Dave. Uh, I got a bit of criticism on my THD background, so I've switched to just a nice mute black. Okay, it looks like it's a bit of damping material there. From at <laughs> uh, any rate, so yeah, our, our guest. Thanks for joining. So Yanis is a, is a partner and business development with uh, with SonarWorks. So Yanis, uh, uh, thanks for joining us here today. Um, can you tell us a bit about uh, the, the starting blocks, where your company came from and what your mission is as a business? Uh, yes, and uh, Dave and Simon, thanks for having me. Really great to be in the show. Um, I'll uh, definitely start with covering how do we come from the pro audio side, how we are going to consumer side, and I'll also have some slides to make this story kind of more appealing and more so have some more tangible data points as we go. So in this case, uh, let me share the screen and uh, let's roll in a second. So let's see, screen is here. So view full screen, perfect. Do you see my screen? Yeah, perfectly, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Um, if I start with a bit of background uh, as a company, we've been nearly for 10 years working in the pro audio space. And uh, our big mission on a whole company level is to bring individually perfected sound to both music creators or audio creators and also to consumers, listeners, fans. So we want to make sure we in a way bridge these two audiences. And um, if I look at uh, some of the highlights, you know, we started, uh, about this 10 years ago in a pro audio space, helping recording studio studios to fix and standardize their sound when it comes to how recording studio speakers sound in a treated room or how do the headphones sound when, when uh, engineers are mixing or recording, you know, different artists or working on games or movies. And uh, we are really happy to, uh, how the technology used in uh, right now more than 70,000 recording studios. So uh, Simon, you are in, in Japan, so studios in Tokyo, uh, studios in Hong Kong, LA, New York, London. So it's kind of, it's a quite a, quite a big global presence. And we are also super thrilled to how, you know, award-winning engineers and artists using our technology on daily basis. And when we look at, who is being recorded now with our technology in studios, we see, you know, quite a bit of A-level stars like Adele, Taylor Swift, you know, Lady Gaga, Steve Aoki. And uh, lately, more and more uh, movies, games, ads, you name it, are, are recorded and mixed using our technology. And, and fun thing, uh, I wish I was, you know, Olympic athlete, but you know, even uh, Rio Olympic uh, closing ceremony was uh, mixed uh, with help of our technology. And we are really happy that uh, our technology has been helpful for 
these you know high caliber engineers artists uh, you know who who work on this magic recording uh, music audio and um, if i look what is the problem we are solving for 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 engineers and for artists is uh, let's take an example you you let's take a you know this kind of flat sound sweep and let's send this in into different uh, speakers and headphones and what came in flat suddenly turns nothing close to flat it's like a mountains you know suddenly more bass less bass more treble less treble and 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 this is crazy kind of when you have this perfect mix in a studio it just doesn't sound the same anymore when you leave the studio and with our technology we are ensuring that if you send this balance signal in you get actually balanced signal out and that is uh, the way how we connect creators between themselves and also we can deliver the same sound to listeners and if we look at, at the you know modern components of sound quality even for example you take an artist you know uh, he or she comes into into recording studio with a vision then there is a studio of work where we help with the the way how speakers sound in the room then this as a file is transferred to listeners uh, it can be band or their fans and then it come, gets played on uh, on uh, headphones or speakers and it's enjoyed and in the essence we are ensuring we are connecting oh, wait a sec we are connecting uh, the engineers with artists with fans on one sound kind of the same sound you would hear in a studio with artists would be the same sound you would hear in a different studio or on headphones anywhere else in the world and kind of that's uh that's uh that key technology we have been building for recording studio space and now when we look at the consumer space we know that we can deliver the same exact sound as you heard in the studio the same exact frequency response and we have had a amazing uh, demos for media when we go into new york studio and showcase how you know amazing studio speakers these headphones more expensive headphones cheaper headphones sound alike and that is that is pretty amazing but now when we think about users we want to make sure that we bring the artist effort with maximum impact it's it's the wow effect and uh when we were starting doing uh, blind tests and we are quite a bit of research based company we actually learned that not all the listeners like this you know balanced studio sounds there are people who like more bass there are people who like less bass kind of there are suddenly different preferences so we actually went into learning what's happening learning into understanding that and we did run a biggest study on sound preference we had uh, more than 400 sound options it was close to 40000 people doing close to 2 million tests globally and this is this study is ongoing so pretty much all the figures are double by now and the way how we did these tests were that you play a reference track on calibrated headphones like these you have 
two options of this track, you know, say A with more bass, B with less bass, you do A, B, A, B, A, B. I like B better. And the next comparison, and the next. And after several comparison rounds, always listener finds the sounds that she says like, ooh, this is nice. This is really nice. And our biggest surprise was that the most liked sound was number one for only 17% of people. And for us, it was eye-opener. It means that pretty much everyone wants something else. Kind of, there is no, you know, one holy grail, you know, one sound to rule them all. And based on this insight, over the last, I would say it was three years, we built technology that now delivers 78% conversion rate, meaning that 78% of listeners find the sounds that they like, and they like it better than the initial stock sound of uh, headphones. And uh, we call this concept sound ID. It's like my unique sound ID. It's Dave, it's your unique sound, sound ID. It's, it's Simon, your unique sound ID. And to get to this sound ID, to actually create this profile, there are three levels we look at. First is, uh, first is actually uh, measuring device and making sure we bring that to the same reference sounds, sounds that artists and engineers use in their studios. Second is adding preference. Third is adding uh, adjustment for hearing. And if we look maybe step by step deeper, the first step is what we do in the pro audio space measuring all the different sounding hardware and ensuring, you know, it sounds on this balanced neutral reference sounds that recording studios use. On a second step, we are uh, adding the personal preference. And there are people who like more bass, there are people who like perfectly balanced sounds, there are people who like more treble, less treble, there are different preferences. And third level is uh, measuring hearing like we would do at say doctor's office and then doing also the adjustment for, for hearing. So in the essence, what we believe is individually perfected sound for listeners is hearing the same sound as creator or artist heard, but it's personalized for so preference or for hearing. So, so just to understand that, so you're using the Sound ID database. So you've collected data based on preferences. Maybe somebody likes Pantera and Gore and all the death metal, and maybe somebody else likes pop music like Adele or Coldplay. And so you've kind of identified a thread of EQ, perhaps, or something unique about all those recordings and the way they like them, uh, the preferences of how the sound levels are mixed or set uh, in playback. And so then is that kind of the foundation once you understand, okay, this, and you could read the person's library on their iPhone or Android and go, oh yeah, so this would match with the Pantera group or this would match with the Adele group. And then is that, is that where the sound ID comes from, from all the data sets that you've collected based on the preference? It's, I, I would say what we have learned through lots of data and research is that, you know, this preference you have, it's pretty consistent across all the music 
you listen to. You know, there are people who are music enthusiasts who like everything to be this balanced as close to the natural sound as possible. There are people who love more bass, kind of just give me more bass on metal, on hip hop, on EDM. I, I love it that way. And what you have learned that once you find your kind of sound patterns that you like, it pretty consistently works on whatever music you listen to. As for me, for example, my sound pattern is bit more bass, bit less treble. And if I listen to say rock or pop or you know classical, I like it. You know, it, it works for me really well. Mm. So we have learned that once you find this sound ID, the sound ID is consistently the way how you like your music. And it also applies to say movies you watch or or, or games you play, because it's kind of it's the closest sound to original, but it's personalized for 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 your unique, you know, taste or or hearing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, if uh, if I continue, how do we think about that from product perspective, or how is that applicable now for for uh, you know companies and teams who are building, say, headphones? Is that right now we have built uh, an app? It's called Sound ID. It's possible to download on Android and iOS. And in the essence, this uh, it's an interactive app for one to create sound ID. You, you select your headphones, you do A-B tests, and after you know several steps, you reach the screen where the on is your sound ID and the off is the initial stock sound of headphones. And you can instantly do this A-B comparison and kind of say like, oh yeah, I like it. And uh, the beauty is that the sound ID is fast to create, but if you are, say, music enthusiast, you can go back and you can fine tune that. You can add more advanced hearing measurement. You can play around with that. But if you just want to make it quickly and make sure it works, hey, it's, it's like one minute and you are there. Mm -hmm. And um, if you look from what we are building as a company, we want to build this ecosystem where Dave or Simon, you can create your sound ID on your headphones. When you go out for jogging, you can apply that to your true wireless headphones. You can come back to your home. You can apply that to your home speakers. And when you drive to office, you can apply that to your car audio. And uh, I think it was two years back at the CES where we showcased uh, for the first time that speakers, headphones, different headphones, and car can sound alike. So we can pretty much ensure that we bridge this ecosystem and the sound you love can be together with you, either you are at home or in a car or in the office listening to your headphones. So kind of that is the thing what we are building right now. And uh, if you look from uh, the thinking perspective from the business side, we want to make sure that sound ID is free to create, but to experience that, we want to do that through partnerships, through part partnerships, for example, on headphones, and also we want to make sure that people can use also sound ID mobile app or desktop app for sound ID experience. Because for us, having our own products is the way how we continue the research, how we engage with our, our customers, how we learn what they need, and thus we can bring even better products for our possible partners. And uh, yeah, kind of if I 
come back to this, you know, sound ecosystem is that, you know, you see that with our pro studio technology, Sonworks SR, we ensure this, you know, balanced, you know, the same sounds that you would hear in a studio, the same sound coming into your headphones, but with sound ID, we add this personal touch. If you have any hearing issue or you want to prefer more bass, perfect, you know, we have you covered. Here, sound ID comes into, into effect to make sure this artist vision is delivered with a maximum impact also for the, for the fan, for the listener. Uh, so okay, that's, that's how it works on the ecosystem level. And uh, yeah, maybe final touch, if we look at real life application, how would that work, for example, in case of headphones? And uh, we have just uh, launched you know, first uh, partnership in a market with a company called Monoprice is that for Sound ID to have easy experience, you know, it's great to have your Sound ID profile here on headphone chipset, meaning that whatever is your device, you know, iPhone, Android phone, you know, whatever is your audio source, headphones do the job to making sure it, it's applied with Sound ID. And uh, Monoprice are using our Sound ID app to connect to their headphones to create Sound ID profile and to upload that into the chipset. And the Sound ID profile is uh, created in the cloud because it's interesting or important fact with all the big data we have from the research, now we are having two uh, algorithms to compete for the fastest way to find the sound preference. One is a human-made algorithm, other is machine learning, and we see that if initially human algorithm was amazing, lately machine learning is getting quicker and more precise way to find the sounds that you like on the preference side. So it's all happening real time in the cloud. So in this case, ecosystem is, is cloud app set takes care of the decoration and then the profile uploading into headphone chipset. And for other partners, it's possible to also use a partner's app where there is a sound ID creation module part of their app. So kind of that is how do we think about uh, how sound ID can be experienced. For example, in the headphone areas, that is our first priority as of now. And we are kind of just to summarize, so our big level vision is to make sure we can help mixing engineers, artists to make sure they can work on a perfect sound in the studios. But when we go to consumer space, we want to bring this perfect sound personalized to deliver this maximum impact for the listeners. So that's kind of brief and long uh, summary from what do we do on a pro side and how does that link to the, to the consumer side. Okay, okay. So I've got a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Um, uh, what The app that you have at the moment, it is doing the EQ on the phone? Yes. And it's, so, in, the form, it's in the form of like a bi-quad filter structure? Yes, correct. Uh, if, you look, uh, if you look at the core filters we use, if you, for example, look at the uh, Pro Studio space, we use... Uh, FIR filter with, you know, 4,000 taps precision. You know, it's super okay. precise. Okay. If you look uh, at applying the same technology to headphones, 
headphones do not have this, you know, resolution. So we use uh, IAUR filter with bipods in headphones to make sure it's really good and kind of mathematically, it's definitely worse than technology we use in pro studio space. But when we do blind tests, it's super close. It's really close. So regular listener cannot distinguish whether it's, it's played back on a uh, high level FIR filter or, or bit optimized uh, IAR backward filter. Uh, so in the and case the of an key- Android, oh, sorry. So in the case of an Android phone, phone uh, you use your app as the music player in order to uh, let it pass through the filters? Right now, for example, if I would use these headphones, uh, the mobile phone app uh, would work as a filter. And in the mobile phone, we use uh, high resolution because you know mobile phone has the capability. If I would look at monoprice headphones where you can upload your profile into the chipset, and chipset has limitations on computing power, on, on you know battery life, there we use uh, bikewards and an IAR filter, and that's kind of optimized for the headphone use case for running in the uh, in the uh, headphone chipset. So that Monoprice uh, product it has got uh, like a Qualcomm Bluetooth chip in it, and that is you're actually programming the filters on that chip. Correct. So, so do they have to make a custom firmware for that? To, I mean, how does that work out? Actually, we developed uh, firmware for uh, Qualcomm chipsets. And uh-huh. uh, then together with uh, our partner, we integrate this firmware into the chipset. And since we are also partner uh, of Qualcomm on Qualcomm extension program, we have a good and nice support from Qualcomm team to ensure it, wor- it all works smoothly. And we are you know, happy to support uh, Qualcomm chipsets, Qualcomm products. Yeah, so that uh, kind of on-the-fly adjustment or or setting the filter coefficients, essentially. Is anybody else doing that, or is it just Qualcomm at the moment? I think it's possible to do also on the other chipsets uh, in the market. And if you look, you know, there are, you know, IROHA, BES chipsets. Yeah. But uh, as of this moment, we have optimized our solution for Qualcomm. Uh, if you are looking uh, longer term, uh, for sure, if our partners are using uh, other kind of chipsets, we will look also to optimize experience for these chipsets. Yeah, yeah. So it can do it, but uh, I don't really see anybody implementing that uh, capability. You think in, in principle it should be fairly straightforward, but there may be uh, some quirks that need to be worked out in terms of the firmware structure. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, especially uh, once, you know, team perfectly understands the chipset uh, structure and uh, kind of what has to go into it's it's fairly uh, I, w- I wouldn't say straightforward but definitely possible to implement it it takes time and effort and thinking and work but eventually when it's done it's really good it, it works works smoothly yep so uh, I'm, I'm curious too in terms of how you set it out on a block diagram you have your personalized uh, your, your characteristic that you like and uh, your sound ID. Uh, then you have your device, let's say uh, whatever headphone model you've got, uh, and then maybe some hearing adjustment, but leave that out for the moment. So you'd have this uh, a, a stage of filter, which is your sound ID, a stage of filters, which is the headphone. But in practice, you actually combine those into one set of coefficients. So is there exactly. some kind of tricky mathematics to do that? I mean, you can't just multiply the coefficients together. You have to uh, compute a new uh, set based on this uh, chain of yeah, uh, and uh, and and you also and you also how to make sure it uh, it works and it uh, 
the sound is great and there is no artifacts or distortion kind of that that is uh quite a bit of uh effort our team is uh yeah you know worked out to make sure that it works smooth and uh, also kind of if i maybe i'll, I'll go bit little bit back to these um yeah. three layers uh here are these three layers um initially the most difficult layer was measuring say these headphones or in-ear headphones right. to make sure they perfectly match the sound of uh treated nicely treated speakers in a nicely uh, nicely built recording studio and initially we thought hey we'll just build bring or or buy one of these you know camera heads we'll do the measurement invert and it will work yeah. and we actually learned the hard way that it just doesn't work so we i think we spent about three years and 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 few million dollars to really come up with a solid way how to measure headphones over ear, on ear, in ear, and make sure this first step is ensuring the same sound as you would hear in recording studio that was the first big challenge second big challenge was once we started seeing in the research their preferences are actually different was getting this big research up and running to make sure we have data that's representative on a global level that works for asia works for united states and for europe so then it took us uh, more than a year to run this research involving 40,000 people globally to make sure we get this big data for learning preference. And uh, third difficult layer was all the work on the hearing measurement because kind of once you measure hearing, you just cannot invert this hearing profile to make yes. sure it works it, it has to there are certain algorithms that translate this to make sure it's 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 enjoyable and that uh and that uh works and as you mentioned combining all these three levels together that is the uh, the real the real magic when it comes together and you hear your sound idea and you say like this like wow i i love it that is that is this moment of truth yep fascinating and um uh, so in terms of the processing power, uh, at the moment, you, that's handled by a phone if you're using the app, or but preferably you'd put that onto a Bluetooth chip, in which case it's more or less for free in a sense because they're mostly already running EQ filters, right? Uh, in a way, yes. Uh, this might uh, you know, add some more uh layer of complexity and maybe uh we'll we'll still take some uh take some part of the computing power but in the essence we are working from this optimized uh filters that headphones have and then kind of key thing for us to, is to make sure that when the sound ID profile is created on the phone to upload these coefficients as efficiently as possible to the headphone chipset to make sure it it uses all the chipset capabilities to run smoothly. So, do um, uh, you go out and buy the products, or do you, do the manufacturers of you know headphone come to you and say, "Here's my product. Would you would you please add it to your list?" There are di different ways, kind of, since uh, very many studios rely on our technology for speaker measurement and headphone measurement. 
there are uh, many companies that want to make sure their headphones are covered in our database. So, you know, engineers buy their products to make sure it's, you know, working in their, you know, production ecosystem. If you look at the consumer space, uh, we see more and more interest from headphone, you know, manufacturers, especially those who, you know, care about their sound experience, sound quality, about their users, you know, uh, experience. Uh, more and more companies see that there is a value to bring sound ID into their headphones to make sure if you have this pair of headphones that you love it, you know, it, it works well, it fits nicely, you can also deliver this personal sound on that kind of, you know, we make sure we, we you know, optimize the last mile from your headphones also on the sound level. And that is uh, quite uh, quite a good uh, value that uh, more and more companies appreciate. So I would say already starting from January next year, we'll see more and more headphones out in the market with sound ID being built as a part of uh, the headphone chipset. The um, uh, getting the headphone thing, do, do you call that characterizing a headphone? Is that a good, good term? The characterization of a product? I would say uh, yes, maybe characterization okay. is this first level when we actually understand how they sound, we can measure them and bring to this this first this studio reference step. So this characterization is something that only you guys can do. It's not packaged in a, in a, in a format that can be distributed. I mean, can I yeah, right, right. Say, okay, I'd like to set myself up and, and be able to characterize, uh, you know, headphones to meet your spec. No, right, right now that's happening, uh, happening in uh, in our lab, and uh, the way you, we usually do, kind of when we want to characterize headphones, we are, you know, from one specific model, we get multiple peers, we measure mm -hmm. more, all of them, profile all of them, so we want to make sure that we learn on headphone consistency, and the good thing is that most of headphones are very consistent the way they are they are built, and the key thing is that we want to make sure that this profiling works on on you know all the all the uh, models we can have on the most extreme on both sides uh, you know pairs you know it works consistently well so thus we we do that in our own lab and we do that with a big care because on the pro audio side our customers, you know, make living with their ears. It has to be perfect. And, and you know, if it's not good, they, they are the first ones to notice that because, you know, they, their whole life is about hearing things perfectly, precisely. So thus we have a very precise and very kind of uh, thorough way how we do the headphone measurement and profiling, but we do that in our lab to make sure it passes this recording studio grade quality uh, level. Um, and so on, on the uh, personalization side and the sound ID side, you had a plot that showed, you know, a, a variety of profiles. Um, yeah. You just jump, jump it, to that I one. Think it, it, yep. It this was one, yeah. one of my, yeah. yeah. And this, this is just here. a few sample profiles from about 500 profiles we tested. And unique thing was that out of these 500 profiles, at least once the winner was, I think they were close to 400. So it was very widespread on what are the preferences between people, you know, somebody uh, living in, uh, in uh, Japan versus somebody living in Paris, you know, or, or States. 
uh, and kind of these differences, preferences are, are, are quite, quite very. I'd probably end up being the light blue, lots of bass, not so much mids and lots of treble really. Should be. <laughs> uh, but, um, um, I'm curious, uh, what's the Y axis scale on that? Like how many DB are we talking about? Uh, so is this uh, fairly representative of, uh, what the filter function would look like? It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of simple way how to represent, you know, what could be some of the profiles uh, that could be there, you know, uh, and as you mentioned that if you like more bass, more treble, kind of you would help you, you would have this, this say smiley type of preference. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's definitely a valid preference. And, uh, uh, there are kind of, Thank you. <laughs> uh, people like I, I call my preference, like more like a Z it's a bit more bass than it's kind of mids and a bit less treble kind of, it's, it's like a yeah, Z, yeah, yeah. Z figure. And we have characterized these patterns into, into several families. And the unique thing is that none of the families beat the other one kind of it's 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 yeah, quite yeah. a quite a widespread of on what of what people uh, actually like um what uh, what kind of what uh, y-axis scale uh, do you have is this uh, you know like uh, from it's, zero to the maximum is 20 db is 10 db if we would look uh for example if we would look here for example for headphone measurement yeah uh there we would see it's from zero to 15 db up and down so it, it, it can be crazy differences that different headphones can have for the same frequency it can be plus minus 15 db so i just you know it's like wow it's like if i'm quiet or if i'm shouting uh if we if we look when it's brought to the studio reference level then the um, changes we apply are lighter so i would say it's it's in, in a range from uh say uh uh, zero to nine minus nine, depending on what kind of uh, preference you have. Yes. If you look at uh, at the hearing side, then again, possibly we need to look at a bit higher higher range, especially you know you know those who are who are in about forty or even more about fifty. Kind of there comes in natural hearing loss, and then the compensations are 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 uh, higher. They can be also about 10 dB. So kind of these are kind of some some rough uh, rough scales we uh, we see here. Do you find that a lot of headphones? I'll come back to this one. A lot of headphones have a uh, designed in imbalance between left and right. Like the uh, rear chamber porting is different, so you have different notch frequencies in the mid range. If we look, you know, we have measured. Uh, I think like 10,000 pairs and, and 400 different headphone models. I would say on the way how headphones are built, this left and right are pretty, pretty similar. Uh, what we see in the research, and if we go to the hearing side, is that mostly from initially us using, you know, phone on one hand when we speak, and it's kind of habit to use this one one phone, uh, one, one hand. There is a, some difference between left and right ear due to the phone usage, and that is interesting thing. And especially, and once you once you correct that, and suddenly, hey, suddenly it, it kind of it all balances. It's like, wow, that's that's nice. <laughs> 
okay, now, nowadays with, uh, with uh, through wireless headphones, it's, it's easy, you know, it's balanced. But, you know, as you know, we used to have this, you know, one, uh, one, uh, one uh, yeah, yeah. ear, you know, the, the key listening ear for, for, for phone conversations. Um, Very good stuff. Does, does this also, uh, I mean, I don't think we mentioned it, but for like, we're seeing AirPods and New Hera and some of these brands, uh, brands having hearing assist into their consumer products. And then also, of course, classic hearing aids. Do you guys uh, play in those markets at all? Any, any business in, in hearing assist or hearing aids? Uh, actually, this, this uh, third level, the, the hearing part is actually the one that is playing in the uh, like in the hearing uh, or the hearables market, I wouldn't say it's medical grade uh, hearing aid. We we do not act there, but if it's a mild imbalance between left and right, or there is a mild hearing loss that you know, if 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 one is in you know sixties or seventies, we definitely play there, and we definitely make sure that uh, that uh, we do the hearing adjustment and I, I had received uh, emails from customers saying that you know, thank you i finally hear like i heard in my 20s you know i was like thank you for bringing it back to me and and, and not using you know hearing medical hearing device so in, in this case we we definitely take uh, good care uh, of the hearing uh, in 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 this part uh, but i wouldn't say it's uh, it's uh, medical grade i would say it's kind of consumer hearable grade uh, hearing correction Okay. And uh, it's also the, the app, can it be uh, white labeled? So can uh, the sound ID sonar works be embedded in perhaps like a Spotify app or something like this? Can they license it? How does, how do the business models play out? Yeah, it is, uh, uh, it is definitely an area that is possible to discuss right now. We have our own app, uh, but we can definitely bring our technology into say Spotify that you mentioned app or into a specific uh, headphone app and make sure that, uh, uh, you know, Spotify or, you know, partner company in the headphone space uh, or smartphone space benefits from this technology. So it can definitely be uh, ported into different ecosystem in an uh, easy and for user, user friendly way uh, to make sure this benefit can be experienced. Yeah, I mean, also something I'm thinking about, and you can tell me this is application, you know, like obviously today this is a podcast and uh, we find a lot of podcast content and we're watching YouTube on our television sets now. And sometimes the audio levels can be varied from one, it's like the same podcast or from one recording to the next. So would this be something that would have a function of kind of equalizing that? So the user that's a fan of that podcaster uh, no matter how poorly the guy performed that day in recording, uh, they could fix it so it matches the pres preferences with that person's sound ID. Is that a concept? That uh, am I am I understanding that correct? Uh, in in this case, uh, for example, if you look at podcast recording and podcast sound, then I would say the best would be to use our Pro Sonoworks Reference Four tool for the podcast creator to make sure uh, he, he or she can actually listen on this balanced sound, how does the podcast sounds and do correction before it's saved and sent out. So kind of, uh, I would say this, this uh, Pro Studio tool would be the most helpful because if you uh, 
you know, listen to your podcast on this uh, balanced sound and you love it, you, you say it's great, it will perfectly translate to anyone out there. This sound ID, we ensure that uh, it is this perfect translation until this finest finesse, but that's kind of personalized. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and then maybe some more. So you guys are headquartered in Latvia, but you have offices uh, around the world. Where, where are you guys located? Yeah, so our uh, team, I know we are close to 70 people in a team in our uh, key office and lab is in Riga, Latvia. So kind of now we are enjoying the, the bit rainy autumn days, but you know, it's good. It's still nice. Uh, we have uh, office in States uh, in uh, around the Bay Area. And then we have also uh, office or, or small team in China. So in a way we cover uh, America's uh, Europe and Asia from uh, time zones and also from a team perspective. Okay. Is there more presentation to go through or uh, can we close it so we can see everybody? Pretty much, pretty much this, uh, this, uh, yeah, this covers the slides. So let me then, then, uh, okay. I can, I can clean you up there. There you go. Yep. All right. Perfect. Giannis, um, what's the, what's the business model? Do you, if I wanted to put the technology into a headphone, uh, is it a license? Yeah, unit? typically, typically we look at, uh, the licensing business model for, for technology. Uh, but we are also open to discuss some more innovative business models. For example, uh, if I would lose, use, look at the, you mentioned Spotify or streaming, you know that, you know that streaming industry is, you know, in some markets in a way maturing and they are trying to see if there is some more value they can bring users and possibly, you know, upsell some of the users. In this case, this can be thought as a, uh, revenue share business model. So it, it, it depends what is the uh, use case for our potential partner. And based on that, we can figure out which business model would, would fit better. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so 70 people, Riga, States, China. Um, and how, how are things going this year, I guess? Uh, I guess with, with, uh, with firmware uh, business, you kind of just send people a file to upload. Is, is it as simple as that to execute in product development or is it still been challenging under these COVID restrictions to execute on new product? Kind of uh, this year, you know, when, when, when all the, you know, COVID came in big time, we were very concerned, you know, end of quarter one, uh, but kind of, if I maybe split in the pro side and consumer side, the unique thing we learned on the pro side is that with many creators and engineers now working in not perfect home studios or home environments or headphones, our technology is, you know, doing job amazingly well. So we, we had, uh, we were in a way pessimistic, but we had incredible growth on the pro audio space because kind of people could benefit big time from using our technology for recording music, you know, movie audio, game audio, that, that's amazing. If we look at the uh, consumer space, I think over this year, very many companies have adapted to working from, from home. And this has been in a way also efficient way how to build partnerships in, in online world. 
ideally I would love to like, you know, travel and meet our partners in States or Europe or, or Asia and make sure that our engineering team can travel and make sure everything works. But we have actually learned that everybody has adapted to, you know, Zooms, Hangouts, Skypes, uh, Teams kind of, uh, and pretty much uh, things are moving forward and can be done really well also in the, in the online online mode. And that has been pretty, pretty incredible learning. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, that's, is that into the, what we call the unified communications category where you kind of, you're finding product development in that space? Can you maybe expand on what do you mean yeah. by unified so communication? It's, it's all this kit that we're buying to basically communicate from home office nowadays. So brands like Logitech or Polycom, these kind of guys making either, you know, uh, speaker systems, et cetera, to go with your notebook uh, and such. So that, you know, uh, we're, we're doing Zoom right now. So this is kind of the, all the accessories, the whole, the consumer user, because I know that market like Logitech is up a lot this year uh, on that category of goods. Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of this category and, and kind of, I, I would answer that in, in two parts with more and more people being nicely equipped for homework, we can ensure things move forward on the uh, product, on the engineering side, because the tools are there. And if we look also at the specific, say, headphones people use or, or home speakers, the interesting thing is that with our technology, we can also, and also ensure it is the best possible experience for you to have. Uh, for example, if you would, you know, there are different headphones and if you would have a headphone with lots of bass and, and hardly any mids kind of, it, it would give you a bit boxy sound, but with our technology bringing that to the studio reference, it would be this perfectly clear sound that you would hear everybody really well in a, in a conference call yeah. or in a kind of Zoom conversation. So we definitely see that with more people having these, uh, these, you know, uh, all the right tools at home and with our technologies that, that can be applicable for these tools, it's kind of, in a way, the, the perfect storm right now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly is the voice clarity on conference calls. It, uh, Zoom is quite good, but I noticed that maybe Teams or other ones, they have, everyone has their, their upside, but sometimes the audio is a little bit tough. I noticed, uh, not to criticize Apple, but I noticed the AirPods in my perspective, we're very difficult to understand people talking over conference calls on AirPods. So um, hopefully uh, SonaWorks can help those guys out. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And we have had, a, I also have had a really interesting experience when I know uh, there are some artists when they, when they sing, it's very hard to understand them, what they actually, what are the lyrics. But when we apply SonaWorks technology, this first layer of this to the reference, they're like, ah, oh, I finally understand what they are saying. You know, it's good. You know, this is super, super high clarity. <laughs> wow. Cool. So that is um, uh, and so the company is privately held or public? Uh, company is privately held, you know, in, in a way, you know, we are 10 years and we still see as, as kind of semi-startup because we are really established in the pro audio space. We are, you know, world leaders there. But in consumer space, we feel like we are, you know, startup, you know, on, on the first years of the acceleration. So it's kind of, uh, 
it's really amazing and good dynamic we feel in the company kind of we have this uh, uh one side that is you know solid and has all the learnings and things the other team is kind of you know growing fast and you know doing all the all the magic in, in, in a global level okay cool uh simon do you have any more questions oh that's it for me um Giannis, anything else you'd like to add um Hey, I would say just, uh, Dave, thank you very much for having me on the call. And Simon, thanks for all the questions. And uh, eventually, if you have any partners that you would see would benefit from this technology, we are happy to talk because kind of, we are now on an on amazing growth trajectory and, and partnerships is our, 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 our key path forward. So thank okay. you for for time and conversation. Okay, yeah. So uh, also in the description, we'll put down the links so people can uh, download the app for their, their phone or computer or tablet, and uh, also put the links to uh, information on how to contact uh, Soundworks. So I guess uh, also if you like what we're doing, the cheesy part, subscribe and like to our, our THD podcast. So Yanis, uh, thank you very much for joining us here today. And Simon, thanks for calling in again. Good job, guys. Thank, thank you very you. much, Dave. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.